Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. All right, so Acts 4, 13 says this. So Peter and John had just prayed for a cripple who'd been lame for 40 years. And he'd been bouncing around the court and uh, praising God. And these, the Pharisees and the religious people were not happy, Jan. And they grabbed Peter and John and said, How dare you do such a horrible thing to some poor cripple? Let's make him walk again. And uh, so they put them in jail overnight, and then they, while they were in jail, they had a meeting together. And it says here, the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. I asked Peter, what's going on? And Peter told them, you know, that guy you crucified, well, I just healed this guy in that guy's name. And they could see that they were ordinary men who had no special training in the Scriptures. They also recognized them as men who'd been with Jesus. It was not the earnest study of the Bible that had got these guys boldness. It was not the earnest study of the Bible that had given these guys the ability to heal the sick. It's because they'd been with somebody. It wasn't what they know, it's who they know. These uh, educated people on the council had seven or eight letters after each of their names. They could recite all the first five books of the Bible, forwards and probably backwards. They had uh, uh, intricate knowledge of how many columns were on the west side of the temple, uh, they, uh, in the, uh, the original temple, and then they, had, uh, uh, they could recite and tell you, explain all the different layers. You know, there's pauper skin in there somewhere, which is interesting. On the tabernacle, roof, and explain all the significance of that because they were significant, educated people, but they did not know Jesus. And all that they knew was nothing compared to knowing Jesus. Because it's not what you know, it's who you know. People get jobs uh, based on who they know, but we get access to heaven based on who we know. And we get access to God based on who we know, not what we know. Have a look at this next scripture here. I'm going to uh, the end of Matthew. Matthew Actually, yeah, I'll do this one. Matthew 22, verse 36 to 40. Teacher, they came to Jesus. Which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. It's a very subjective thing. It sounds like a, quite a subjective thing. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. And they had the Ten Commandments. The Pharisees and these educated people had the Ten Commandments. Then they had a bunch of other commandments that are found in the rest of that uh, section of the Old Testament. And then they added another couple of hundred of their own great thoughts um, about tithing uh, tiny amounts of spices and things like this that were never in the Old Testament, but they added a bit there to help God out. And they had these 600 laws like that. 
And these guys coming to Jesus saying, well, which one of those is the greatest one? And what they were really saying is, what is the most important thing to God? What is the most important thing to God? And Jesus' answer was, relationships. Relationships are the most important thing to God. They are the number one thing to God. That's the priority in God's world is relationships. And if we're smart and if we're following Jesus, we'll find that our world gets turned upside down and suddenly relationships are at the top of our priority list. Not the house, not the wealth, not the uh, education even. Not even where we've been for holiday, not where, where we live. But our relationships, that's why when I went to Gawa uh, Christian School in Northern Territory, right in the top, top tip of Australia, and they had nothing very much. But after a week there, my students and I cried to leave these people because relationships was everything. And they just welcomed us in. They're a lovely bunch of uh, Indigenous Christians who just love the Lord. Don't hear much about that, but they did. Love the Lord welcomed us in as part of their family, and you could feel the wealth that they had. You could feel it. And uh, I remember teaching kids in health classes, I'd say, okay, uh, trying to teach them about the value of their body and looking after their human body. I'd say, okay, so if someone said to you, I'd like to buy your little finger, so how much would you sell it to them for? No, I'm not going to sell my little finger. Okay, well, what if they offered you a million dollars for your little finger? No, I'm not going to sell my little finger for a million dollars. I like my little finger. What about five million dollars? Ten million dollars. They give you ten million dollars for your little finger. It's only a little finger. It doesn't do much unless you play the piano. Maybe if you've got something in your ear. <laughs> I'm not going to go any further with that, what you do with the little finger. And they say, no, no, I don't think so. What about just the tip, the first joint of your little finger? $10 million. They said, uh, yeah, I th- okay, I think I would. Suddenly you get a little bit of a bite. I said, okay, well, you've got 10 of those, hopefully. So you've just valued your body already at $100 million. And, that's, and you've still got most of your fingers and everything else. And we go through and figure out, human body that you've got is probably worth a billion dollars. So you treat it like it's worth a billion dollars. You don't treat a Ferrari like it's a Hyundai XL. You know, you put a higher quality fuel in there. You look after it. Do the same thing with your body. So we go through like that. But God is saying here, yeah, your body's important. Your body's fine. But you know what? You know where the real gold is in your life? It's relationships. Your relationships are worth more than your body. The connections that you have with other people are worth more. And uh, my mother is in residential care at the moment and she's got Alzheimer's and stopped, has stopped communicating much at all. And I've gone there and I've, I go there every Sunday and spend time with her and pray with her. <clears throat> but there's part of me that says, God, you know, she's not doing anything. And why is she still here? You know, and uh, she can't really communicate much. And I really feel like the Lord says, yeah, look, I've got my reasons for her being here. And one of them is for you. Because you need to be a more loving person. 
You need to love her. You need that relationship. You need to go in there and she hasn't got anything to offer you and you need to hug her, you need to tell her how much you love her, you need to hold her and you need to realise how special she is and realise the gold that is in the relationship because your relationships are the most important thing in your life. The people in your world are the most important wealth that you have. God is three in one. He is a living relationship. He's a living community. And he's, he wants us to be one even as he is one. And he's constantly drawing us up, drawing us into relationship with him and relationship with other people. And so when people say, well, you know, my spiritual life is going really well. It's going great. I'm having all these revelations. It's fantastic. My personal relationships are not so, so good. Not very good, actually. But my spiritual life is going great. Well, God says to you, you're deluded because your uh, personal relationships at this level, you know, the cross was horizontal as well as vertical. Work on these as well as this. In fact, Jesus said the way you treat strangers, people in prison, poor people, sick people, your mother who can't give you anything, you know, people who are the lowest of the low in the world's estimation. That's how you're treating me. You're actually treating me like that. That's me you're treating when you ignore that person. When you, don't, when you ignore that feeling that you should talk to that person. You know, God's saying you need that person and that person needs you. And your relationships are the most important thing. And I'm in that person. My thumbprint is in that person. You don't know. Maybe you need to uncover a bit of dirt to see the gold, but there's gold there. And that's the highest priority. We think God's really interested in our great dream of this huge ambitious goal in our life to build an empire or to to get this awesome house or this incredible car or these new shoes or whatever the great ambition is. God, help me get that. God's saying, well, I can work on that, you know, but I'd really like you to work on what I'd like you to work on, which is your relationships, because they're more important than anything else. They sum up everything in my estimation. They are everything to God. Jesus did not live for himself. He lived for others. He did not die for this building. He did not die for these chairs. He did not die for our clothes or anything. He died for people. And he gave up himself for people. And the greatest love we can show is to give up ourselves for people. That's the priority of the kingdom. That's where people come number one to God. In fact, if we're starting to get older and we're feeling less and less uh, like we're connected to other people, we're actually falling further and further away from God's image. Because God's image is all about relationship and we're made in that image. And so as we get older, we should be getting more and more, collecting more and more friends, collecting more and more relationships. Our closest relationships should be going in deeper and deeper. And we need to be making the priority our relationships. Yes, we do some study at university. How about spending some time knocking on uh, Nick and Michelle Marx's door and saying, when are you going to run that love and respect course again? Because we've been married for 30 years and we'd still like to get a top up. Or I haven't been married before and I'd really like to know what this whole love and respect thing is all about. Or you'd like to do some research into John Gottman, John Gottman Institute. 
uh, has spent 40 years studying relationships and he can predict with 94% accuracy when a couple comes in whether they're going to get divorced or not. Just based on how they talk to each other. So if the wife says, oh, look at that, there's a bird out there, out the window, and the husband says, bird out there, (laughs) rolls his eyes. John Gottman says, that's contempt. Contempt is a surface response to a whole lot of underlying cartload of resentment. I don't care if you're the bird over there. The last thing I'm going to see is you're a stupid bird because there's a whole lot of issues that have never been dealt with. He says that a, a couple that's going to stay together, she says, well, well, look, there's a bird out there. And he comes and says, oh, there's a bird. Oh, you're right. Gee, that's pretty. Because he hasn't got all this baggage stopping him from just enjoying her. And this John Gottman, if you look up John Gottman, G-O-T-T-M-A-N, it's really good, some really good uh, tips for relationship things. I love what he says once about men. He said, um, he said uh, there was this guy who loved his wife so much that he almost told her. <laughs> go, on, go on, men, you know who you are. You know, Jesus didn't go to the cross to be a hero. He went to the cross to be a lover. His whole world was was based on love. God is love. That's who I am. I'm here for people. Everything else is secondary. Flip everything else upside down and uh, focus on that. Turn the screen off so I can talk to my wife at mealtime. And God's priority right now for you is your relationships all right, and the, uh, the next one. How did Jesus restore the relationship with Peter when uh, Peter had denied him three times? John 21, after breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said it three times. What was he it was covering each of those denials with a, with a love statement. And he was focusing, he was refocusing, John, 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 John. Oh, sorry, Peter. Peter, Pete, John, go away. I wasn't talking to you. Peter, come back. Come back, Peter. Refocusing him. Love, what is your core thing? Your, who are you at your core? Do you love me? Look me in the eyes, Peter. Do you love me? Then just focus on the things that are really important to me, which is my lambs, which is other people. If you love me, Peter, you're going to love other people. And I'm going to give you a whole bunch of people. In fact, in a few a short time, you're going to get 3,000 people on a day. And I want you to love them. Okay, Peter? Forget about the past. That's all gone. It's all forgiven. That's fine. You can be guilty. feel guilty for another 10 seconds. Okay, it's gone. Now just focus your love on the people. And Peter, uh, as we saw... Um, he stood up with great boldness, restored by love. Now, some people are here saying, well, that's fine because that's fine for people, people, but I'm a task person. People-centered people, they can love, do all that subjective, soft sort of stuff. I'm a task-centered person. I've got jobs to do. I focus on the task. The thing is that task-centered people have this awesome thing called a list. And all you need to do is, if you're a task-centered person, just add it to the list. 
be nice. Okay, I've, I've uh, fixed the garage. I've moved the house to the left. Number three, okay, be nice. Huh. Okay, I've got to go and find someone to be nice to. <laughs> and when you go away and you're a task-centered person, you're in a, on a holiday and, and you come to your list and uh, it says there, call home. It's oh, a strange thing to do, but it's on my list. A task-centered person would never think of calling home but they, it's on the list. Hello, I'm here. Goodbye. <laughs> then the task center person needs to add a bit more to the list. You know, call home and ask how everyone is. Maybe memorize what they say. Task center person. Hello, I'm here. Yes, how was your day? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me just tell you what you, I think I heard you say. You said you went and picked up the kids and then you went to the shops and then you're feeling a little bit sad. Is that correct? Now, at the other end of the phone, someone's feeling loved. A task-centered person can do this as well. Don't cop out by saying, I'm a task-centered person. The most important thing to Jesus is that we love others and we love him. And uh, we're going to spend a bit of time in a minute focusing that because where two or three are gathered Jesus is right here right now and we don't come to church just to tick a box on the on the list we come here to get close to him you know the uh, Jesus said there are many people who will come to me at the day of judgment and they'll say to me look at Matthew chapter 7 Verse 21, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name. We performed many miracles in your name. Hello. But I will reply, I never knew you. Because it's not what you know or what you do. It's who you know. Yes, I know you do all that stuff, but you and me, you know, we didn't know each other and uh, it's like the love languages Jesus taught a love language lesson to Peter he said if you love me you're going to feed my sheep why is that because my sheep are my treasure if you love someone you will treasure what they treasure and that works in every relationship you want to get close to someone you find out what they like and you give them that Jesus says you want to know me Find out what I like and do that. I always could tell the kids in a new class who I was going to be close to each year because I only had to sort of hint that I'd like something to happening and they'd already done it. And we had other kids who couldn't hear even when I said very clearly what was happening. It's very important that we know Jesus. And he says here, Not everyone gets into the kingdom of heaven just by saying, Lord, Lord. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven. What is the will of my Father in heaven? Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Love other people as yourself. That sums up the whole will of God in heaven. And so as you see people in the foyer, as you see people at work, put the pen down a second and just spend those two minutes saying, showing that person how much you love them. Because then you're doing the will of the Father and Jesus will say, yeah, I know you. Come in. Oh, that's great what you did. Just loving those people was so hard to love. And you did it. Come on. I know you. And you, I know what you did. 
those girls who are suffering. You know, we heard from Jenny Gilpin in uh, the, the conference last week, married to Dave Gilpin, run the church in England. Jenny uh, Gilpin shared something I had never heard before, which was she, she was born as the product of a gang rape. And then she was adopted out, never knew who her real parents were. And then she did the full circle like Jared has done and came back to God. And now she runs a huge and successful ministry to girls in trauma. And so the love of God touched her and is touching other people through her. And God's going to say to her, Jenny, I know you. I know you know what you've done. I know you know my heart. All right, let's just close our eyes today. As I said, where two or three are gathered in his name, he is here with us. And I believe that God is right here today for you. And he has a word or a picture or a scripture just for you. Don't leave here today without connecting with God today. Just invite God to speak to you today. He Holy Spirit comes right now. Jesus is in this place. He promises that he's here because there are more than two or three here in his name. As we open up to him, maybe you're a word person. Jesus speaks the very word that you need to know for right now. Maybe you're a picture person. Holy Spirit comes right now and brings the very picture that you need to hear from heaven, need to see from heaven right now. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au. We hope to see you in church again this weekend.